Darren, we'd better turn around. Why? Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. We are the things that were and shall be again. What was that film you were watching? Death, death, death. Death, death, death. Part two. Oh, Lord. Fuck the front time, bitch! What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouth Mills. And in the month of November, I decided to have some of my favorite podcast hosts on the show. And this week, we're continuing that with the one and only Scott K, host of the Church of Tarantino podcast, as well as the co-host of the Cheeky Bastards podcast. In case you missed it, last week, I was a guest on the Church of Tarantino podcast, alongside the amazing musician Sin Electric and Elwood Jones, who does the Asian Cinema Club podcast, which I highly recommend, as well as a couple other podcasts, as Scott hosted a panel for the highly underrated Death Proof in honor of its 15th anniversary. So make sure you go check that out if you haven't already. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all updates on the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can sign up for the Trash Mouse Horror Club. It's only $2 a month over on Patreon. You'll get some stickers in the mail as well as a shout out on a future episode and a couple other perks as well. The link for that would be in the description if you're interested. Don't forget that you can also support the podcast by just sharing it or rating it wherever you're listening. Thank you guys again so much for listening and let's get into this week's episode. Well, I appreciate you for coming on the show, man. Uh, you know, before we jump straight into the horror movies, I like to ask you know, about the stuff you're working on. Uh, you're the host of the Church and Tarantino podcast as well as the brand new Cheeky Bastards podcast, which by the time this comes out, you know, that'll be a couple months old, but... If you don't mind just, uh, you know, telling the people, you know, the listeners that might not have heard of it, you know, what both the podcasts are about and uh, when they can find new episodes and stuff like that. Absolutely. First of all, I appreciate you bringing me on. It's uh, always a pleasure to talk with you and see you face to face from across the <laughs> on the same East Coast, but a couple of mi- hundred miles away. Right. Um, the Church of Tarantino is, well, this is not a brag. Uh, and whenever people find this in the future, hopefully maybe they'll still be the same thing. But I am the only current podcaster doing a podcast on tarantino and his movies right now other people have done like one-off episodes they've done like real quick nine episodes and that's it but i have been doing it since the start of this year um i originally had two other podcasts that kind of changed over time when um right before we went on break it uh for 2020 when the covid hit uh we'd started myself and a, a buddy of mine had started a podcast about nicholas cage and we overdid it. We went two movies, a, a show. We tried to do one. Every, it, we just burnt ourselves out in the first go. So we yeah. toned it back to basically a movie recommendation podcast called uh, called Watch This or Die. And we did that for a little over a year. And then my buddy, um, he was expecting another child. So I knew that that was going to kind of take away from his time. He already had a young boy, too. So I was like, you know, this kind of quagmire, what do I do? And I'd always wanted to do a Tarantino podcast, but I thought there's got to be at least a couple hundred out there. Yeah. And so I researched it and lo and behold, there was none. Like there was no one doing one. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I said, boom, that's, that's it. I was, you know, I always wanted to, I think I was going to, you know, I didn't want to jump into this really deep pond Mm. of a lot of people. And there was no one. So I said, I'm going for it. And I am absolutely thrilled that I have because I've met people like you. I've met so many people I never thought I would have met before in my life and never would have had the opportunity. Um, and the podcast has been far more successful than I ever imagined it would be. And so through that, that's how the Cheeky Bastards comes apart. Um, Steve Smith, who has been on my show a couple of times, 
he was a big fan. He was like one of our few fans we had from Watch Us or Die. But he was regularly on, and every time we would recommend a movie, he would say, "Are you guys like breaking into my house looking at my DVD collection?" Like we were mm-hmm. on par. And so I'd always wanted to bring him on as our only guest we'd ever had, yeah. and we never got a chance to. So he was my first guest when I did Reservoir Dogs uh, back in January, and he's been on multiple times. And we just have this really good. Uh, camaraderie and we're both older and we're both cynical and we just like to talk shit about stuff so we thought it'd be fun to have a, a monthly podcast where we just spew these unpopular opinions that we have mm. about popular culture and pop movies that you know people are either you know are too afraid to say or you know they always have to side with what they think is the the sheep way to go so we just kind of like to do it to just piss people off but they're not like um you know tongue-in-cheek opinions we actually believe what we say and we usually back it up with the stuff you know with at least some kind of facts that we believe uh can turn your opinion but uh it's just i mean it's just a lot of fun it's once a month and it's it's a lot easier to do than the tarantino podcast but the tarantino podcast i absolutely fucking love doing and um i'll be sad when it's over because it'll end when he does his last movie yeah but uh the friendships i've made along the way have been been fucking awesome hell yeah no, I really enjoy the podcast myself, especially, you know, uh, like you said, uh, well, I like the fact that it's bi-weekly because, you know, like episodes are pretty long. So that way, if you don't get time to like check them out and stuff, uh, but they're super in-depth. That's one thing I like about them is, is like you get opinions and stuff like that, but you also get like a lot of, ton, you know, a ton of facts and, you know, like just fun information that people that like Tarantino, well, love Tarantino will really enjoy, like, you know, the fuck count and stuff like that and the feet count and shit. Like, <laughs> like that stuff's funny, but it's also like, you know, it's like stuff that people that, you know, know Tarantino know how much it's related to him and his films and stuff. So I really enjoy that stuff as uh, well. And I've seen some of your opinions on the uh, cheeky bastards and stuff like that. And uh, I haven't seen any that I don't agree. I, honestly, I I agree. I think Goodfellas is a better movie, but that's just uh, uh, my opinion as well. So, but uh, yeah, I always try to tell people and those your, your listeners are like, what the fuck are you talking about? I said the Goodfellas is a better movie than the Godfather. I didn't say hated the Godfather. I do love the Godfather, but just yeah. Goodfellas is more entertaining. It's just the better movie, just overall. You know, I mean, that's just my opinion. Again. And I have reasons for it, obviously, as you've listened. And I think my last one, when your fans hear this, this will be coming up. Probably our third episode will just drop. So I'll be talking shit about Avatar. And uh, <laughs> in October, uh, the month we're in right now, I talked. Um, I love Heat, but the last 30 minutes of Heat suck. Yeah. Uh, Michael Mann sucks at making endings. He just does, especially in Heat and Collateral. He absolutely takes a shit on the endings. He takes a shit on the intelligence of the viewer. And he ruins the amazing stuff that leads up to the ending. And the ending is important. The ending of all movies are important. You know I mean? Like the beginning and the ending are the the cornerstones of of a film. A good uh, beginning gets you in and a great ending makes you think about the, you know, the amazingness of the movie. And you can make some mistakes in the middle, but as long as those two are solid, most people keep coming back to watch that movie. And I just think a lot of people remember Heat the way they forget the ending, how all of a sudden it just like takes a fucking turn to the right and everything they've set up, they no longer do. Yeah. You know, the whole point of the movie is if you you have to walk away from something within 10 seconds, if you see the heat around the corner and then at the end of the movie, we don't do any of that stuff. We do everything we're not supposed to do just so we can prolong the ending. And then the ending is absolute bullshit. So, yeah, yeah. that's what the cheeky bastard is about. It's, a, it's the ability to just have those conversations you would have with friends, but. We're going to see. We're going to start putting an email up to see if people disagree and send us death threats. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I want to see someone take a movie so seriously that they will threaten my life because I don't see eye to eye with them on the ending of Heat. Right. No, that's, uh, that's like when I saw that uh, I haven't listened to the episode yet. Uh, or either, uh, Yeah, I haven't listened to the episode yet, but I saw where you posted that 
the licorice pizza was like an unpopular opinion and that's one i haven't seen yet but i literally heard somebody on youtube the other day shitting on how it's like uh like why are we glorifying a 25 year old like falling in love with a 15 year old in a fucking movie yeah. like and i was like uh i was like yeah i 100 agree like it turned me off from yeah. no, even wanting to watch the fucking movie so i was like uh i was like uh, as soon as i saw your th- your thing i was like that's just a double down on not wanting to see that movie for sure and it was it was an academy award nominated film it was nominated for movie in one of the, you know one of the many they'd nominate that year for movie of the year and i know 2021 was a slow year because they were rebounding from obviously the the shutdown yeah, and normally I enjoy a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson stuff, mostly his early stuff. Like I really do feel after there will be blood, he's kind of tapered off a bit. Mm-hmm. That being said, I, of course I want to see because there's not a whole lot you can see last year. You know what I mean? Like you, whatever movie came out, you kind of like if you had a chance to go see it, you'd go see it because there's you know we've been missing out on a lot of films. Especially and so, with all the Marvel and kids films, it was nice to see some originality, like something like oh, original. Yes. But- yeah. And again, I don't want to shit on Marvel movies. I, mean, I do enjoy them, but they're, yeah. you can be a little overloaded sometimes. You know what I mean? Like sometimes like, okay, I don't know that every <laughs> every franchise in the Marvel universe deserves a film. Like yeah. just, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, ever, not, we don't need to see everything, but whatever. Not it's for someone else to, to to argue with. Maybe your buddy who talked about it was Sean Mott when he was on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we watched Licorice Pizza and it's like, okay, so this is a movie about female pedophilia. Like this 25 year old woman it's hitting on a fifteen-year-old boy, yeah. Like, and then the movie makes no sense. Like, there is no plot to the film. Like, I, I I'm honestly, there's just zero plot to the film. It goes all over the fucking place. A bunch of cameos that make no sense. It's just a movie that goes nowhere. And at the end of the day, it's basically this twenty-five-year-old girl who just basically, for some reason, finds a kindred spirit in this fifteen-year-old boy. If it was reversed, if it was a twenty-five-year-old man, a fifteen-year-old girl, yeah, yeah, wouldn't have been a cam- uh, Academy Award nominated. Well, a Red Lavalita. Rocket, Red Rocket was similar to that. That came out last year. And that was a movie about the porn star who moves home. Yep. And uh, they they got a lot of shit flack for that. Rightfully so. But how are you going to give one film flack and the other one's going to be nominated? Yeah. So there can't be double standards when it comes to that. You know what I mean? If the story is about power dynamics and that was the story is about is, you know, how you shouldn't take advantage, then let's tell that story. But if the story is just simply, oh, it's a cute little love story between an older woman and a younger boy, it's like, okay, Paul Thomas Anderson, you clearly had a wet dream about being 15 and having a 20-year-old woman hit on you. And that's why we were watching this fucking movie. Yeah. You know, but if you and I make the same movie and you and I are playing guys who are hitting on young girls, it's fuck the whole, we're gonna be strung up from a tree. No one's gonna want to fuck them. They're gonna drag us through the town. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's it's not good. So, yeah, I just wanted to call it out as it's a fucking shit movie. Yeah, no, I agree 100 percent. That's one thing that it's like it's almost like you wanted to make a movie about filmmaking in that time period. And uh, it's almost like he just had to find a story. And like you said, it was something from his childhood that he was like, oh, I love this girl. So why not tell yeah. the story I wish happened? And it's like uh, just because you wish it happened doesn't mean it was right that it should happen. But Exactly. Yeah. If you want to tell a story about filmmaking, you know, find maybe maybe follow a guy named Quentin Tarantino. He, he did a pretty good one about the 60s. Right. You know, or or a George Lucas made a film in the from the 50s, you know, um, American Graffiti. If you want to reach out, you can you can tell the story of your life, but you can keep it where the people are the same age. Even yeah. if it even if it is that kind of way, at least it was a Mrs. Robinson. At least he's like a high school graduate or the, the movie, The Graduate. He's graduating from high school. He's 18 or whatever. So in theory, Justin Hoffman's character is of legal age. OK, yeah. so in theory, obviously, he was also of legal age when they made the movie. Or even he may even been a graduate from college. Either way, the older woman, younger man thing, it's not a big deal as long as they're both of an age. Like, just make it make the kid 25 and the woman 40. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, it's still kind of creepy, but at least us as individuals can go, all right, I'm on board. 
We we at least these of age, they're both adults, they both can make their own decisions. You know, I mean, we don't need to agree with it, but they're they're adults. No one is getting manipulated or having a power dynamic shifted on them, you know, to take advantage of them. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. Ten years isn't a big gap, but it, it depends on where that gap is. Yes, you, yes. You know? <laughs> Twenty-one to eleven's big. Forty-one yeah. to thirty-one's not. You know, yeah, it's a yeah. big, big jump. <laughs> but uh, it's like uh, that Tom Segura joke when I saw him live for stand-up. He's like, showering <laughs> with kids isn't weird unless they're not yours. <laughs> 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 <It's> so- <laughs> Like exactly, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, your your children accidentally seeing your penis is one thing. Someone else's children accidentally seeing your penis, so yeah. a whole another thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but to kind of segue into uh, well, before I we jump straight into horror movies, I do want to ask: Did you you know you always guest on podcasts as well? Do you yeah. have anything that uh, you you know any episodes that you jumped out on or that you've uh, you know got coming up that you're excited about that you want to just let the people know so and go check out, or you know maybe even just yeah. some friends that you want to shout out. So I was recently on, God, this is probably back in the summertime. So I was on your buddy, Sean Mott. He came on mine. I was on the Metalcore Nerds podcast, and we talked about Stranger Things, which was a lot of fun. And we we talked shit about Rob Zombie's trailer for The Monsters, which is now out, which feel like we we picked it probably right on the money when we saw the trailer. We weren't going to waste our time with the the show, the movie. Yeah. Um, I've been on Petros Petsilvis' Caged In podcast. Uh, Petros is, and I haven't got a chance to introduce you to him yet. Petros is, I call him the pod father. He is just, he's a great person. He's over in England. He is like, I mean, he just recently, I hear I'm gushing over him, like, like we're in some kind of bromance, but he just recently did a video essay for a DVD release over there for Red Rock West, which was a 1994 movie that Nicolas Cage came out with, which is really underrated, but fantastic film with him and Dennis Hopper. Mm-hmm. So he's moved his way up so much into the the consciousness with the Nicolas Cage podcast that he's been on that. He interviewed the guys who just did his most recent movie, uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the actual directors. Like he got to yeah. talk with them. Like he is he is there. He is really moving himself up. So oh, yeah. he's a really great guy. Uh, but recently I was also on some guys I met through him um, and they've been on my podcast. I was on the the podcast Nobody Asked For. And we talked about films that Christopher Walken should have starred in. Oh, yeah. And uh, who else? I've been on uh, Ryan Rebalkin, who does, God, he does a bunch of Stallone uh, type podcasts. I was on his Rambo First Blood uh, season one podcast. So, and now I'm going to be on yours. So, I'm always open to whore myself out to talk. (laughs) I like being a guest more than sometimes being the host because, as you know, you got to do all the heavy lifting. I just get to say goodbye to you later when I'm done and I walk the fuck away and you've got to do all the editing and all the other fun stuff, which is such a pain in the ass for people who don't you know, who aren't podcasters, there's a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, the talking is the easy part, you know, it's yeah. the the research, the setting up, the setting up the calls, the setting up all this and then editing it and hoping it all sounds good. It's, you know, you want to make everyone sound good. You want yourself to sound good. And it, uh, it can be quite a chore. Yeah. And not to knock any of my other guests, but honestly, having like podcast guests and stuff like that are probably the easiest episodes to edit because, you know, they're so used to talking and stuff like that. Uh, uh, usually, even if like we don't know each other that well, once we get talking, like it's usually the, there's yeah. not much editing to be done type thing. You know what I mean? So and there's well, actually Sha- more conversation, I feel like. But Well, Sean's wife, Sam, uh, she was on as well. And uh, we we came up with the idea that I think most podcasters we have. Uh, the lead singer syndrome. We just like to hear our voice. Like we, yeah. like we really do. Like whether we want to admit to it or not, like we spend a lot of time alone in the dark, listening to ourselves talk with other people that, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so we may just be people who maybe not be able to sing, but we we have lead singer mentality for sure. We want solo. We don't need a band. <laughs> Shit. I can barely talk, let alone sing, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, <laughs> but uh, 
No, so we could say way into horror movies. Uh, my first question, you know, I like to ask all my guests pretty much the same thing is, you know, what was your relationship with horror movies growing up? And did it change at all as you got older and became an adult? So this is going to sound kind of like oh, I'm better than all of you. I was lucky to grow up in the 80s. So oh, yeah. I'm not saying they're the best horror movies, but it was just a fun time. It's the 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 people we all know. It's the Freddies. It's the Jasons. It's the Chuckies. Michael Myers obviously came in. And obviously we brought in, you know, I think people got to know uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We got to know Leatherface. We got to know Michael Myers because of the resurgence and the sudden in your face every Halloween season of either having Freddy or having Jason or coming up with a Chucky or whatever the monster of the week ended up being. I liked those because I found them fun. I was yeah. never scared of them. My real taste of horror and fear has always been psychological horror. Oh, and when I was young, I was probably too young to watch this movie. And as I got older, it's not as scary, obviously. But The Shining scared the fucking shit out of me. Oh, yeah. Absolute terrified me. When the poor black gentleman who I cannot think of his name right now, the actor who played him or his name in the movie, it's just completely slipping my mind. Scatman Crothers. Yes. Yes. When he's walking down the hallway and Jack pops out and hits him with the ax in the chest, scared the fucking shit out of me. Yeah. The two little girls come play with us, Danny scared. You know, like the, the whole furry, <laughs> the furry scene that makes no fucking sense in the film has no context for it, but that you see, just fucks with your head you don't know why it's there the old lady in the in the bath like all of that mental horror and then him chasing him through the fucking uh, maze it's just it played with your mind it, it, it felt like real horror as opposed to jump scare horror you know what i mean i don't mean yeah. to take a shit on people who enjoy jump scare horror for me you're just you're startling me you're not really scaring me i just yeah. didn't know you were there you know this shit scared the fuck out of me when i was little and i just remember it and being like I love The Shining. Like, I love The Shining to this day. Just even the opening, the, the music, the way that we follow that car going through the mountainside. Just being stuck. It had like a thing vibe to it, too, you know? Or maybe the thing had a vibe of it. You're just stuck in the middle of nowhere, and the elements are part of the monster itself. It's trapped you. Like, no matter what, you can't yeah. get away. There was a part of me, though, as a kid, I was like, oh, I want to. I want my dad to rent out a hotel. And then I was like, no, nah, you know what? No, we're, we're yeah. good. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It sounds cooler than it is, but no. So, yeah, The Shining has always been that fucking touchstone for me that I just absolutely love uh, oh, and yeah. always, always will. No, hell yeah, I agree 100 percent. And that's one thing that uh, like uh, to go back to exactly what you said, you know, jump scares. I feel like if you watch a movie that's like, for instance, like what you said, the uh, Scatman Crothers scene. I wish I could remember his name. I want to say his name is Grady, I, but it's something I know. I feel Mr. terrible not knowing his name. Grady's not right. Mr. Grady is actually the guy that killed the family. He was the guy that was there before that killed the Grady twins. That's right. Yeah. Um, what the fuck is this? It's going to bug the shit out of me so yeah. bad. But as soon as we stop recording, you're never going to forget him. Like all of a sudden he's going to pop up in a feed. Like you're going to suddenly well, such a big hear deal, you talking. Too. Yeah. Cause he's not supposed to be dead actually. Cause he's, he's in the books. He didn't die. And then in Dr. Sleep, they even like made sure to bring him back. I just, so it's like really bugging me. I can't. And the, so like his character is like still around. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not like that's the only time you see his character. So it's really bugging me. But um, either way, it's hopefully if it pops in my head later, I'll just shout it out. I'm like, we'll be sitting <laughs> talking about something else and I'll just shout a name out. But uh, but either way, uh, that's, you know, like that part's kind of a jump scare in a way when he jumps out with the act just because it's like a startling thing. But at that point, you're so psychologically scared that it adds to it and stuff like that. And it's like like you said, with jump scares, you could go to bed at night without like once the movie's over, if it's full of jump scares, you could just go to bed like and it's like, oh, that was a fun movie. I'm going to sleep. But if it's psychologically creepy and scary, like even like the jump scares get you extra and just leave mm -hmm. you on the edge of your seat, because then it's like when you're actually walking to bed at the end of the night, you're like, 
oh, is Jack going to be around this corner and shit like that? You know, because when a movie's just full of jump scares, you don't, it's usually not stuff like that. It's usually like music cues and nothing actually even fucking happens. You yeah. know, like, so that's the problem is like when it's just full of jump scares, it's like they're just trying anything to get you to like move out of your seat, not really like leave it on you to where the shining like leaves all of its shit on you like all the baggage yes and stuff, so. it was a jump scare but yet because it was dark and it was in a big room and you couldn't see it like it it played on your that that fear of there's someone in the room and you can't see them and they're gonna get just like a boogeyman feel to it right yeah. so like you see him walking you have no idea jack's even there all of a sudden he pops out and puts that axe in his chest and now your your mind is now imprinted on like holy fuck Every time I'm in a dark area, I've got to have all the lights on. I, I got to see where everything is because something like this could happen to me. You know, it plays on your irrational fears. Whereas, you know, oh, I'm going to the cupboard and I close the door and there's someone standing there. It's like, oh, this fucking asshole is being a dick and just jump scaring me. And every time I go to the cupboard, I don't think someone's going to be there, you know? So it's it's that why people need to turn their lights on in their basement. You know, it's like you don't want to come downstairs yeah. alone. It's It plays on your psychological fear. And that's when you can root something in your mind, it's far more lasting than just someone going boo you know or you know or especially if you become a film fan long enough you hear the music as you go all right here it comes yeah you know all right here we go you know always slowly oh it, it oh, oh we're gonna turn it, it, oh, they're gonna be there you know when it was locked off shot we just think this guy's coming to find them and all of a sudden he takes an axe to the fucking chest out of nowhere and you're like oh fuck you know it's just it's just those moments and that's that's what real masters of horror can do is they play with your mind and they don't just try to scare you with this little boo, you know, <laughs> like oh, yeah. jumped around the corner, you know, or, or the, there's always a cat that jumps. And, Row! You know what I mean? it's, it's always a fucking cat somewhere that needs to jump out and scare you in a moment, you know? So, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Or like the uh, closing the cabinet, like uh, the closing the medicine cabinet or like, you know, doing something like that, where it's like they set it up so much that it's uh, even if they don't like nowadays, it's to the point where, people use that to try to sub subvert, but it's like, you're still using yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's still getting beat to death. So uh, now I'm with you hundred percent, which I mean, of course the movie came out in 1980. So it, you know, doesn't, yeah. it wasn't going to be beat to death. Of course, you know, to something that comes out today, but at the same time, this film alone has so many iconic shots that uh, there's so many parts in this movie that you could literally take a still photo of and show it to me. And I'm creeped out. You know what I mean? Yes. There's so many horror films that you can't the do pattern that, in so. the carpet alone. Yeah. I see that carpet pattern on people's stuff and I and, and I get instantly get the chills start and my hair start to raise on my arm, you know? My yeah, mouse, right there. There it is. <laughs> yes. You know, it's the reason it wasn't able to be replicated is because you have to be a master at the yeah. craft in order to do it. And I'm again, I don't want anyone your your listeners to think I'm taking a shit on horror movies. I, I I'm absolutely not. But yeah. I think I think if they're sophisticated enough, they know the difference between like um a fun movie like Friday the thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street. The difference between that and then like movies like hereditary or a movie like the shining where like they fuck with your mind like they get inside and touch parts of your uh soul that fuck with you you know what i mean yeah. not just like you know i mean in friday the 13th every time you see titties someone's about to die like that's just it's a staple if you see titties someone's about to die if there's gonna be sex someone's about to die you know what i mean if <laughs> if some big titted broad is running through the woods she's gonna fall and somehow michael with asthma and a leg falling off or uh, or even Jason, they're gonna catch up to him. You know what I mean? Like somehow they're yeah. gonna slow walk like old people in the mall, and they're still gonna be right behind them. You know. So, but again, I enjoy those kind of movies because they're fun. They're yeah. campy. They're they're enjoyable. You know, I root for the bad guy in these movies. Like I root for Freddy. I root for Jason. I root for Michael. I root for the brutal kills. These other movies, I'm terrified because a lot of times they're just human beings or something that 
is just a little off that we're not used to and it creeps us out and that really get you know gets under your skin and i i like that feeling i like to feel fucked with as opposed to just feel like hey boo you know what i mean yeah. like oh yeah no i completely agree and uh that's something that's uh like a pretty much uh perfectly what you said about you know it's different from today and like the whole you know decade of the 80s that was so fun is that people weren't scared just to follow tropes in the 80s like they would just do the like for instance you have so many slasher films that just follow exactly you know like if you smoke weed you get killed if you have sex you get killed if if yeah. you're if you're a fucking nerd you're gonna get killed sorry but like they just didn't like yeah it. Like, no yeah they make you feel bad for these characters literally just to kill them on part like they always put that one character in that's supposed to be like, like for instance uh, crispin glover and uh yeah um, part four of Friday the 13th part four final chapter he's like you know they're his friends calling him like a lame fuck the whole time and like all this stupid shit and of course you know he finally gets killed it's like you're supposed to feel bad but at that point it's a you're in the yeah. fourth Friday the 13th movie so you're like I don't give a shit <laughs> but yep. it's uh it's one of those things where it's uh that's one thing that it, like I kind of miss you know like nowadays everybody wants to be so subversive and like meta because you know Scream's my favorite horror movie but now everybody wants to be Scream and I'm like that's I think one of the reasons I don't know if you've seen X but I think that's one of the reasons I truly loved X this year was because it doesn't try so hard to subvert everything it literally just is what it's supposed to be and uh, I feel like going into it I've expected it to like have some kind of big you know like extra thing like underlying behind it and just for it to end up being like you know pretty much playing straight up movie is one of the things that I really enjoyed, but I'm, you know, I'm trying to be vague in case you haven't seen it. And for listeners, <laughs> seen it, but, uh, it's one of those that like, I highly recommend seeing it. If you haven't, I think you'd really enjoy it. Uh, it's a 24 and Ty West and everything, but have you heard about it? I have, I have. And I know they just brought out Pearl, the, uh, the yeah. prequel to it. So yes, I have not had a chance to see it, but I do want to jump on it as soon as I was telling you, as soon as October silver, I'll have so much more time yeah. to see movies. So, but yeah, I'm definitely, you know, it's, it's, I like when people come out with new stuff, a24, I hate the the term the A24 vibes that 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 makes me want to murder people with an axe to the chest. But I do appreciate them bringing out the films they bring out. I appreciate them becoming the new and I've said on my pack podcast, they're the new Miramax. They're the new house for independent filmmakers that we probably wouldn't have gotten to see these movies, especially now that I feel like we're back in the old 80s way of like it's blockbuster but it's now MCU blockbuster, you know. Yeah. Uh speaking of horror, I really enjoyed San Raimi's horror movie, Doctor Strange into the uh, Multiverse of Madness. I really yeah. enjoyed him bringing horror elements into a comic book movie. I like the movies I enjoy of the MCU is when they bring that element and when they do something different. They don't try to just be comic book, comic book, comic book. They go out of their way, either whether it's funny, like with Guardians of the Galaxy or the, uh, the Suicide Squad, the most recent one, or if it's very serious. You know what I mean? Like you want to see different things. You want to have feelings it's good to see different genres being represented if you're going to continue to non-stop make these movies we want to see you make bold choices we want to see you take these genres and approach them we don't want to just see you know the same old hero overcomes an obstacle wins in the end move yeah. on to the next villain you know what i mean i want to i want there to be some stake to it you know i mean how cool was it doctor dead doctor strange fighting at the end with all the fucking arms yeah matter of fact it was so cool actually uh, well, he's up there. I have I got his Funko Pop. I fucking oh, loved yeah. it. I was like, I was like, yes, this is fantastic. This is what I came in to see this for. So, yeah, I, I like to see movies now start to push the boundaries and try. And A twenty four is definitely the place where a lot of new horror is uh is trying. Although, did you see the remake on Netflix of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, yeah, I did see that. But that wasn't uh that was an A twenty four. I don't think. No, 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 no. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying like there's the other spectrum where. We have to retread on things like, yeah, I'm, I've not been a huge fan of the new Halloween series. The first one was decent. But now I'm just like, I'm glad it's going to end because it's just 
Yeah, I'm excited to see how they end it, but it's end been it, one yeah. of those things that I'm just like, I would have preferred them just to let Michael go kill another new random group of people and just yeah. carried on with something like that. To where it's or like, just end it with wrong. the movie. They trapped him in that in the first one. Yeah. Just kill him. Like, after a while, you, you lose your credibility when this person just nonstop is alive. Yeah. It's like, okay. You know, and I think that's why Freddie eventually wore out. Jason eventually wears out Chucky because after a while you're after you like you what's at stake when I go see the next movie yeah you know like you just kind of come up with a better kill some more TNA but at the end of the day you know like Chucky will say something funny Freddie will say something funny Jason will kill somebody and Michael kill somebody that's funny in your mind you're like oh that's fucking cool yeah but at the end of the day you know that they're not gonna die like we wait we think they're dead but then there'll always be that like dun 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 you know what I mean the music cue and 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 they're alive, and you go, okay. I just wasted ninety minutes. That there was nothing at stake. Yeah, nothing at stake for the people that I came to watch. You know, so that's that's the danger of too many movies of retreading horror films. Is don't play, don't don't treat us as the fan as if we're idiots. You know, we can handle you killing off our character. We yeah. can handle it. Make it right, and what we'll, we can deal with it. Wayne, one thing is like. Uh like freddie and michael myers especially like i feel like their biggest issues were just over explaining like as a as each movie went on they're like let's explain more about this character and it's like the whole point is that nobody wants to know <laughs> like like i like not knowing like you could just give me and that's what i like about friday the 13th where like i tell people all the time like uh that might i don't know if jason jason might be my favorite uh horror i'm not I, like it's, i'd have to put some real deep thought in like who's my favorite like horror villain yeah but uh as far as full-on like franchise like uh my two favorite horror movies top two are screaming nightmare on elm street but as far as full-on franchise it's friday the 13th and it's literally because they knew what they were doing like they did the first movie mm -hmm. um you know they did the second movie with pretty much the same formula just jason instead of the mom and then they did <laughs> two more movies like that and it's like why not like why not give the people exactly what they want and even when they finally like retreaded later with like five and six and seven, like they never tried like until until jason goes to hell when they try to do something too much and like actually like you know, like explain some of Jason and like have him be like a slug from hell and all. That's when they really fucking like fucked up. Yeah. And they're only like reach for grace was Jason X. And at that point, people were like, don't put him back in space. Like, I love Jason X, but that's because I was a kid when it, I was 10 when it came out or even younger. So it was fun. Is that the one he goes to space? Yeah. But I, it, that to me that you do that and you don't go to hell because yes. because it, it, it makes zero sense why he goes to space. But yeah, you're, there's a part of you goes. Yeah, let's see that. Let's, I like to see this. I want to see how this motherfucker got to space and why he's in space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like sometimes if you if you jump the shark like that, you're like, all right, yeah, all right, yeah, I'm on board. How how is Jason in space? I I will I will bite. Let's see how this works out. Yeah. So, but at that point, they had already like ruined it. With I think if Jason X had came after Jason takes what and Jason takes Manhattan, you know, like that was a movie that was supposed to be all in Manhattan. And then you only really get like the last 20 minutes because of budget issues and shit. So that's a, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that like, I feel like that franchise, like by doing the same thing repeatedly is really why it survived like a little bit. Cause it's got a few more movies under its belt, not than Halloween, but that's only because of the remakes. Yeah. Uh, and then also this new trilogy. So that's all recent, you know, it's all uh, the remakes of Halloween came out about the same time as the remake of Friday the 13th. So then really it's only got these newer movies on it, you know, um, it didn't have as many before that. So it's actually probably just now caught up. I think it's caught up. I think with this new film, it'll surpass. Cause if I'm not mistaken, Friday 13th has 11. And I think this will be the 12th Halloween film. Yeah, um, I think so. Don't quote me on that, but if like, that's just like a quick thought in my head that I feel like uh, the numbers match up, but uh, either way, it's just, I'm with you. It's uh, you know, going back to what you said originally, that's why I feel like the eighties, like they did something right in the aspect of like not trying too hard, but like, I like, 
that's what I like about this like stuff nowadays is that you get stuff like uh like what Texas Chainsaw the movie that the new one that you were talking about that was my biggest issue with that is that it didn't need to be a Texas Chainsaw property if they slapped any other face on that killer and just made that same movie it would have been a fun slasher film I probably would watch it all the time and like not all the time but like you know like uh, at least like around October. Well, I mean, I throw in so much stuff. Yeah, I know like, horror all the time, but it's something that I definitely would watch more. It's just fun. It's like uh, it wasn't, you know, too much wrong with it. It's just the fact that they tried to shove it all into the Texas Chainsaw and it didn't feel like Texas Chainsaw. So it's uh, that's where like I feel like uh, those two sides of the coin like still work, you know, where like uh, A24 is doing that stuff. Like you said, like that's like not all of it, obviously, because you still got films like Green Room that are just yep. like, you know, more thrillers and stuff like that. But uh, you got other stuff that's like hereditary is like, you know, kind of like today's Shining and stuff like that. Yes. But, um, you do have stuff like Texas Chainsaw, that new Texas Chainsaw, that if they would have just slapped some no name on it, it could have been like, you know, a new slasher film, you know, like a The Burning or um, Prowler. You know, these films yeah. that obviously you're not going to talk about up there with The Exorcist or, you know, uh the thing and shit like that like these classics but you'll definitely talk about them as just fun like favorite films from the past and stuff so agreed the, the thing that i'm surprised that hollywood hasn't gotten right is more of the hannibal the cannibal aspect especially with Dahmer now being out and i was a huge this is sound weird I was a huge fan of Dahmer. i was middle school when that happened and obviously yeah. silence of lambs had just come out months before so Dahmer getting caught right around the time silence of lambs a popular film I mean, perfect synergy, not, you know, obviously not intentional, but like the, the, the consciousness was there. There was no social media. There was still cable, but you know, we didn't have the inundated stuff. So it took over the public. You watched it. You were just, and you couldn't believe it. People were reading magazines. I read two books on them. It was everywhere. And now you see how they're replicating it on the show and they're doing a damn good job. Sometimes just being a human and being that person who's the, like the, the boogeyman in real life, it's far scarier than all these made-up monsters yeah. because the made-up, once again, goes to the shiny aspect. The made-up monster is not as scary as the tangible monster that's right in front of you. Yeah. There can be supernatural elements. Both the Shining and Hereditary have supernatural elements in them, but they're done so well that they fuck with you. You know, like, like they just fuck with you. Kind of like uh, the witch did too. Like the witch fucks with you. You know, like you're, you're just, you're you're kept in this isolation and there's just no one there to help you. And it just fucks with you because we've all been scared of like, oh, shit, I don't want to be alone. Oh, yep. shit, something. There's the boogeyman. It's that, who you know, someone's actually stalking, which is one of my favorite newest movies was uh, It Follows. I absolutely oh, yeah. love It Follows. Genius. Absolute genius. Because it's this, um, another good movie uh, with Denzel Washington was, um, shit. It has John Goodman, something devil. Damn it. Anyways, the devil was passed on by touching people, right? And it, and and he actually eventually comes after Denzel and it's a great movie, but it had that same feel like tag your it feel to it. Just like, no, it might've been fallen. I think you're right. Yes. And it had this great feel to it. Right. Um, But it was a little over the top, but it follows has, it it used the monster trope of like the Jason always stalking you, Mm -hmm. but it did it so smart. You didn't see only the person saw it, which then made them look fucking crazy, you know? And it's really just a, simple PSA of like, hey, don't have unprotected sex. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, don't have unprotected sex, you know? But all these things, and then what the girl had to do, she swam out to a boat and basically got gang-banged by this group to try to keep the other. It just plays with your mind that you can't handle. And when the boy across the street gets killed because he thinks it's his mom banging on the door. Like, 
it fucks with you. And it's such a great, brilliant way because it's a tangible monster. We can really see like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Holy shit, that happened. You know, you know, like how, how much would that fuck with you if like your wife knocked on the door and you're like, oh, I'm recording. And she comes and just fucking all of a sudden uh, jumps on you and eats you in front of me. I'd be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so much more tangible as opposed to like, oh, there's a ghost in the corner. There's a spooky, you know what I mean? So I think Hollywood sometimes misses out. Um, we could have Michael Myers, but what if Michael Myers was real? You know, like a real person, not this in- unkillable person, but this mild, meek person who lives next door that no one assumes is doing anything wrong and then all of a sudden is doing something wrong. You know, I think yeah. that it is a way hopefully horror will start to move towards because with all this true crime stuff that everyone's falling into, it seems like a gold mine just waiting to be mined, you know, but yeah. we just don't need that person to suddenly be like, they're unkillable. You know, we think they're they're coming back. You know, we don't need sequels all the time. Yeah. Sometimes the story itself can fuck with us just enough that we're like, ooh, like I don't need, I mean, Dr. Sleep was okay. I enjoyed it, but we'll, we can get that another time. But yeah. The Shining was, I you know, I never needed to see Dr. Sleep. Like I'm good with just The Shining. I don't need to see a sequel. I just loved it the way it was and it was good enough. Hereditary, I just need a one-off. I don't need a, a sequel to Hereditary. You yeah. know, don't you, when you catch lightning in a bottle, just leave it alone. Very rarely does the sequel ever meet up with what you saw in the in the first one. Yeah, no, I agree 100. That's one thing I'm glad is that like they've never tried to like push Ari Aster to make like a sequel to his films. He just keeps rolling. Like same thing with uh, uh Robert Eggers and Jordan Peele. You know they just keep rolling with originals and shit. And Ty West, well, Ty West finally did the first franchise and shit like that. But I, the way he did it was still like yeah crazy. You know, like knocking out X and Pearl back to back and like secretly mm-hmm. and shit like that without even releasing one. But um, but no, to go back to what you were talking about with It Follows, that's one thing I really love about it, the aspect of it it being anybody, because it, like that's what really like will fuck with your mind is you like the scene where she's sitting there and like her friends walking and like she's staring and then she starts to think for a second, is that the you know, is that somebody and then they like wave or whatever. It's like yeah. uh those moments, it's just like damn, that would happen like so many times, like mm-hmm. especially like in a flooded, you know, like in a big city. Like if you lived yep. in like downtown new york you know what i mean so now that shit's just a fucking uh it's a horrifying like thought and like it follows is one that honestly they could do a sequel to it's how they it's how they would tell the story but i feel like it would be one that you just tell somebody else's story dealing with yes. the same thing you know but like in a different- and leaving it like did they is this before the girl we met or is this after just not even you don't have to mention her yeah. you know what i mean you could just leave it as like are we post or you could do they this catch to- up to them or yeah. is this how this starts you know what i mean like, it'd be a cool like a pre cell phone time, yeah. yeah. Like go yeah. back into like the eighties or like seventies yeah. and have it happen to where like it's somebody that's like, you know, back when like the height of STDs were like scaring, you know, scare people yeah. with HIV and stuff like that. And so it's a uh, no that uh, that shit would be insane. That's not something I'd like definitely want to see. But if I wouldn't be like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't immediately be turned off by you know a sequel being announced or nothing. And they'd course. be smart if they didn't even call it that. It's something something completely different. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. even move on from the title and the soundtrack is it's um. Disaster um, piece, yeah. Oh yeah, it's a it, they're phenomenal, but it had such a John uh, John Carpenter vibe to it. You oh, know, yeah. I was I was thinking of like the thing. I was thinking back to Escape from New York. Like it had such an eighties John Carpenter vibe. Halloween, like such a great soundtrack. It's fucking haunting. Yeah, haunting soundtrack, and okay. it works so well with that film. Yeah. If, I, if they were like, we're doing a Hereditary too, I'd throw up in my mouth. I'd be like, no, like that's. <laughs> That's one of those films that's like, don't touch it. You know what I mean? I wish somebody would have stopped them yes. with like Halloween 1. You know what I mean? Like yes. as much as I love, you know, Halloween 3. Or you know, but... shift like Halloween 3. Like that's the other smart yeah. part, right? You it, it just name it, but you went somewhere else. The season, it looks like you, the intelligence that sometimes I think they're so worried about, like I said, catching lightning in a bottle again. They don't think about what they already have and what where they can go from it. 
we don't necessarily want to see the same thing. We want to see what you can do. Like, I'm a bigger fan of Hereditary than Midsummer, but I I enjoyed Midsummer. Like, Midsummer is a fantastic movie. Yeah, completely two different stories. But the same I, same feeling of vibe, same feeling of dread the up in time. Like yeah. the guy made sunshine feel fucking miserable. You know what I mean? Like a sunny day in the summer made it feel haunting. You're like, fuck, I hate this place. You know, it's like even Robert Eggers when he did The Lighthouse. You know, it's just like, fuck, it made that misery, that being alone, two guys stuck on an island feel fucking awful. And just, yeah. you know. Appreciate your audience being smart. We can handle it, all right? We're not all just going to line up to go see Dom Toretto drive a car in Fast and the Furious 27, you know? I, it has its place. I'm sure there are listeners you have who enjoy it. It has its place. I, I can enjoy a fun movie, a fun stupid movie, absolutely. Yeah. But at the same time, treat us smart. We're, we're, we're intelligent. We want to see smart stuff. We want to yeah. have the shit scared out of us. I don't want jump scares. Scare the fuck out of me. Give me something I haven't seen. Make yeah. me, you know, make bring back haunting memories Plan our traumas. I know that sounds terrible. <laughs> I know we're very we're mental, but but that's what it really is. Horror movies are about traumas. It's sharing experiences with people in a theater who have all had traumas, and we're bringing them together. And it's like a very cathartic, uh, therapeutic thing. You know, yeah. we all get to be scared, and we all get to realize that we all have the same kind of thing at the same time. And it, you just feel like, oh, it's a communal. You know, don't just jump scare us. Really fucking scare the shit out of us, you know. I don't know why I'm saying like like you, like the like secretly producers from Hollywood are listening to this podcast, and we're suddenly feeding them the information to to make the next great hereditary shiny. But it would be just nice if they didn't treat us like a bunch of fucking idiots, a bunch of sheep, and they would let let loose, or at least market those movies the way that you market these Halloween kills and like you know, uh, like Jordan Peele gets some of the marketing that you know is deserved, of course, you know, um, but. He's probably the only one, you know, like uh, Robert Eggers got probably more promotion with the Northman than he got with the yeah. Lighthouse and the Witch. And it's probably the lesser It's definitely the lesser of the three films, in my opinion. It's not a bad Agreed. film. I love no. the, the Northman. It's just not quite exactly, you know, like it just didn't have the effect. Like those other two films, like left me like thinking differently about other films, you know, like they were yeah. so good. So uh, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, but they just weren't marketed, you know, like well, the Lighthouse came out on Christmas like uh right before the pandemic and it was like because it was a year before like 2019 yep. 2019 yep yeah and then it was like very limited too same thing with yeah. like uh even hereditary back when that came out was still limited because a24 doesn't you know they just they're just not like back then especially yeah. they were still like just up and coming they'd already done the witch but the, like even the witch i didn't see till it hit uh like a uh on demand i think it was like randomly on netflix because that like it just had like no word of mouth or anything really going around i just uh got a you know attracted to it because of the whole like you don't see horror movies go back in that time period you know and stuff yeah like that. so i was like and of course now you know and because of that film you've seen like 20 of them in, in five <laughs> yeah. years so. and they're not all good but yes uh, yeah yeah and even yeah. if they're decent they're just not as authentic feeling you know like you don't like yeah the witch sometimes you need subtitles to know what they're saying and shit but uh and not that that's a bad thing it's just authentic but uh same thing with the lighthouse especially but oh, those two are phenomenal in that fucking movie yeah <laughs> it's yeah. A, yeah it's just yeah it's again smart play, play with us smartly you know yeah uh, is it supernatural we don't know or is it just them having basically the shining you know is there supernatural or is it really you've got cabin fever you know what i mean like it doesn't come out and say it right off the bat it yeah. just lets you the and that's I like it. It's like maybe that's why I'm a big Tarantino fan. You don't get hit over the head with it. You get it drip fed to you. You make up your decision. You make up your mind on what you think is going on, what yeah. you think is happening. But it doesn't always have to be told to us. And I think that's where you know the the horror movies that stick with us 
are those kind. And no, like I said, there's nothing wrong with the fun ones. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with hearing Freddie say some fucking rude, crude thing you know, before he kills somebody. Fucking love it. I mean, one of my favorite little uh, homages to that is Scary Terry in Rick and Morty. Right. <laughs> You're going to die, bitch. Look <laughs> with your nightmare, bitch. You know what I mean? It's those fun little moments. Like, there's nothing wrong with those. But at the same time, we also, you know, give us the give us the smart shit. We can we can fucking handle it. You yeah. know, I mean, that's why we're talking about the shining that came up 40 some years ago. Yeah. You know, that's why the hereditary sticks with you. You know, like it doesn't stick with you because it's funny because there's something cool. You just remember the icky feeling you had. Like you need to shower and you start looking around corners. <laughs> you started to question your own family members. You stayed away from people's diaries. You're not throwing shit in a fucking fireplace. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's. You know, no one in the back seat is eating peanut butter and sticking their head on a fucking window, right? Everyone's going to stay <laughs> seated with a seatbelt on. We're not having nut allergies, you know? So it's those kind of movies that fuck with you mentally that you just can't, you can't shake many years after you're, you know, it imp- when they imprint on you like that, they they last forever, you know? And yeah. It takes a true master to do that. Shit, Hereditary will have you taking a break from your grandma. That shit's so fucking scary. Cause <laughs> Jesus, that bitch was doing it from the, from the grave. Right? Yeah, she said that fuck. shit. That's what's great. I yeah, love damn, my grandma's like, dead. I don't... Fuck, I'm not going around any of that shit. If she says one of her friends pops up, I'm moving. Right. She's like, oh, I'm a friend of your grandma's. Nope. See you later. I'm out. <laughs> it's nice I, to meet you. My grandma didn't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, go away. No, I actually watched that movie just again recently because my mom had never seen it. So finally, I was like, you got to watch it. So I went over during the daytime and I was like, it's not going to have the same effect because some of the stuff you literally just can't see on the TV. It's so dark. And um, like you have to watch it in pitch black to even see. Like, uh, There's a scene very early in the movie where like uh, Annie walks in and she's like, it's before, you know, uh, Charlie, I won't go that, no spoilers, I won't go that far, but it's before the, the event that happens 30 minutes into mm-hmm. the film, and then, uh, but, uh, so, but there's a part where she goes to walk out, and she clicks the light off, and you see her mom, like, standing there, you know, like, and it's just, like, she, like, stands there for a second, and she, like, clicks it back on, and she even says, like, mom, and it's, like, uh, like, and she, like, looks around her little miniatures room and walks out, but, like, when we were watching it, like, uh, my mom was like, what's she staring at? And I was like, her mom's there. You just can't see it. It's like too dark. <laughs> but it's uh, so it's one of those films that it's just like uh, it's so detailed. And uh, like, just like you said, it's like she was doing it from the grave and she was even trying to do it from like, you know, her own son. You know, like when you hear like that exposition and shit like that. But no, I, uh, I fucking love Hereditary. That's probably that's it's top. That's my third. I always tell people my top three films. I told you Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street. My third is Hereditary. And I don't yep. care how new it is. It's just up there for me. But um, yeah, it makes my top five films of all time. Yeah, that's yeah. that. Yeah, it jumped over The Shining only because it it got even further into my psyche. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. really went further. And obviously, I mean, imagine if Kubrick could make The Shining now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like how much how much more horrifying would it be if he could make it now without any real constraints? You know, if he could do it now. But true. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Hereditary is yeah favorite horror film of all time for me. Is Hereditary it goes Hereditary, then it will be Go Shining. Yeah, those yeah. two are just fucking unreal oh yeah that was actually my next question was do you have uh was uh well i was you know when i was gonna ask you originally i was gonna ask is the shining your favorite but uh, that's awesome to hear that hereditary surpassed it because that's uh that's one i never thought that would happen either (laughs) i'll be honest i never i was like nah it's not gonna happen but then yeah i walked out of the theater fucked up yeah i'm watching hereditary and why and like don't get me wrong what happened to shelly duvall afterwards is like obviously so fucking dreadful but awful and her her performance was amazing but tony collette in hereditary it's still I hashtag. How did she not get she nominated robbed. for an Oscar? <laughs> right, uh, Oscar How? for Tony. Yeah, that's what I was asking. No, that's what I fucking. I don't know. I, the fact What's that she's his didn't name get from nominated. the Naked Brothers band had to get fucking therapy after making this fucking movie. Yeah, you know. Alex I mean, Murphy, like yeah. it's un. 
yeah, whatever. You know, I, you know, unfortunately, they're never going to give the proper Oscars out to the proper places. You know, I mean, I've I've had this discussion with many people, but I mean, how how does Tony Clinton not get nominated for that fucking film? Yeah, that is one of the greatest performances by human being ever that there's so much that she is dealing with and going through you're just like fuck yeah it's it's you know i mean like if you i'm I'm assuming most of the people listening to your podcast have seen it but if you haven't turn this off right now fucking go watch hereditary and then respond to him and tell me that tony clett isn't one of the greatest actresses ever and that that fucking performance doesn't chill you to the fucking bone you know it's just unfucking believable now, I've always been a fan of hers, but like, you know, uh, even all the way back to, you know, not even knowing it, you know, she was in Sixth Sense and like uh, Little Miss Sunshine, even, you know, like one that's not horror that I just fucking love. But she, uh, th- I don't know, this movie just definitely put her up there as like now when she's in something, I'm going to watch it. You know what I mean? She did. A, uh, Absolutely. Um, I feel like Jennifer Jason Lee was in it, but I think it was her daughter that was in it. Have you did you see that series that was called Unbelievable? And it was on uh, it was a mini series on Netflix and it was pretty much about I, think I have um, it was Tony Collette and I believe her her partner in the show is Jennifer Jason Lee's daughter, if I'm not mistaken. Cause I remember looking her up thinking if she looked familiar and she ended up being or whatever, but um, it's also got uh, Caitlin Deaver in it from like book smart and stuff like that. But pretty much it's about a girl that gets raped in another city. Um, and it's you. So you hear about her story where like somebody broke into her apartment and raped her and you hear about like her dealing with it afterwards, like trying to talk to the cops and like people not believing her and people thinking she's doing like, she's lying about it for attention. And in another city, like right over there, you're following the story of these two cops investigating a separate rape. And it's like, it starts to like, look like a serial rapist. So like these two stories are kind of like, you know, like, like start to go in a V shape and like meet, you know, towards the end of the series or whatever it's 10 episodes. And it's very fucking Mm, like, sounds good very gut-wrenching it's very like it felt like true detective but with uh you know the instead of going with the two male leads like they've always done they it kind of went with like two powerhouse you know female leads but i really fucking uh i really enjoyed it and highly recommend it it's called unbelievable it's definitely more like crime thriller but yep. if you're a fan of uh tony, tony Collette, yes. yeah it's definitely worth it and i'm a big fan of caitlin deaver too so just, yeah. and that's probably like where she shines as an actress for me because like book smart she's like just like cute and funny the whole time but like mm-hmm. a movie like uh or a show like unbelievable she actually like shines as like being a really good actress so but oh yeah as far as uh you know like some of the other you know of course you mentioned quite a few films but is there any other like newer films that you uh really enjoyed you know and by newer i mean like 10 to 15 years or so you know just before we move on to like a hypothetical shit i'm not sure that many people consider it a horror film because it is a, it's psychedelic as fuck it is it goes into three phases but for me nicholas cage is mandy by yes. uh cosmos pant uh well i forget is how to say his name probably i'm butchering it but I fucking love Mandy. Yeah. That movie is gorgeous. It has so many 80s vibes to it. It has lots of, I mean, it's got, it, it plays in a, a vast field of pulling in, much like a Tarantino film. It does it beautifully. Like the the color palette alone is unreal. The, the just uh, Cage's acting, everything that happens in that film, it's such a subtle love story that turns into a tragedy horror in the middle to then a revenge flick that goes fucking insane, like yeah. fucking insane. Like it takes, I mean, it takes all the best elements of everything, right? Like, so it's got that, you know, cute little, you're like, Oh, Legion, like a love story. Like, oh, this is sweet. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, something horrible, like a straw dog scenario happens or like something terrible happens to a love interest. And then the guy in such grief and pain is going to get revenge for this. And it's not like stupid revenge. Like this motherfucker goes, 
full on like like Michael like Michael Myers and fucking Jason had a fucking kid. This is Mandy. That's that's red. red and you've got seen behind you. I've got him up there too. Yeah. He fucking goes nuts. It's just I absolutely love that film. There's there's nothing I don't like about that film. That is in my top ten films of all time. That would probably be my third favorite horror film. That'd be right right there because. God damn, is it such a good movie? And it comes yeah. out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, like most people are like, oh, okay. There's a chainsaw fight. There's elements of, now that it's kind of come back in with the new Hulu show, but there's elements of Pinhead. Um, what, what am I zoning out on the name? Hellraiser. Yeah, out of, yeah the the biker gang the hell, that has such a Hellraiser vibe to it. It's just, I don't know. It was, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I think you have because you have red behind you. But man, what a great fucking film that just, comes out of nowhere and another one i don't know if you saw uh, have you seen color out of space with nicholas cage as well yeah uh yeah i really enjoyed that one as well yeah uh, i love that too man that's fucked up too that's yeah. a um lovecraft story uh, un- unbelievable uh, nicholas cage in the horror genre has really uh hit his stride in the, in the, the last two movies that he did as far, as far as mandy and being in um color out of space just those two are just fantastic fantastic yeah. no fuck yeah i, think- I agree 100 percent I think this is my, I think, you know, of the horror ones I've seen, I think those are the two I've really, really enjoyed. I've really like left a mark on me. I've seen a couple other horror stuff, but nothing has been like, holy fuck, like those two were, you know? Yeah. I, like, I went into Manny thinking it was going to be a revenge flick. I didn't realize the shit that was going to fucking go down. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it took all the your favorite elements of all your horror stuff and put it together. Like it, maybe because I'm a Tarantino fan, it felt like a mashup. Didn't it? Didn't it feel like a, like a Tarantino had taken all his favorite stuff and put it together and just did it right. And you're like, that's how I want a fucking horror movie to look like. Fuck yeah. No, I, I love that film. That's one thing I like about it is it takes the time at the beginning to build characters, you know, like you said, like a Tarantino film and everything. And it just does a good way of like teasing the uh, Jeremiah Sand and like his whole cult and everything. Um, I wish I knew like the cult's name. Cause uh, I actually have, see if I can find it. Yeah. I want to shout out my buddies, toxic coffin. They have some, uh, um, they sell some anti merch like license and they like always do like goodies with their shirts and they gave out these. It's like oh, uh, a sin with Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Sin. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like a poster for his like, you know, show or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, they also send these. It's like little fake uh, acid tablets for Mandy. <laughs> they got the little like a uh, tiger on it or whatever that he has. But, so uh, my buddy, I'll shout out my buddy, Sean Wheeler, who also does um, a horror podcast, but also has his own record label. Fuck yeah. He has made some pins. I don't know if they're licensed or not. But he has made some pins. And so since we're talking about Mandy, he made me the axes. Fuck yes. Yep. And come and play with us, Danny. The twins. Oh, yeah. What's his uh, pin company for people that? Um, It is Scareflare. Scareflare.com. Hell yeah. Yeah. And he does record stuff, too. He's got a Scareflare record. So anyone who's listening to my podcast, he was just on the Reservoir Dogs special. And actually, if we'll probably promote it, but uh, probably just as this drops, he was just on doing um the hateful eight with me so that came out in beginning of november so yeah yes i mean like i said i've met some amazing people doing this and it's it's fun it's just awesome you know i mean like it's weird i tell people like i think i have better friends that i don't ever see in person but because we have more in common you know i mean i have more in common with people that i've never met just for our love of film and stuff that it's just it's just cool it's like a cool you know, community, you know, and it's cool that we know, obviously, with all this technology, we're able to, you know, you live in North Carolina, I'm in New York, but we're able to spend this day together talking and, you know, reminiscing. And then we can chat on socials. Like it's just cool to have these people from across the world that you can, you know, just kind of, you know, geek out on stuff that, you know, 
people may, you know, people as we get older don't get a chance to geek out on much anymore. You know, yeah. I would say it's like true romance. I'm, I'm Clarence and I just want to go talk about films and eat some pie after a movie with people. And this is what podcasting is for me. Yeah. No, my, it's just like, uh, like for me, it's like having dinner with like a friend almost because it's like, uh, but the only thing is, is like you're guaranteed to talk about the topic that you want to talk about because it's <laughs> yes, exactly. like, like say you go out on like a double date or something, you know, with your wife and everything like you get talking about like life and like this and that and like, you, you know, one little deterrence can talk about, you know, can change yep. you from talking about what you really just like want to enjoy talking <laughs> about. So it's like when you get into these conversations, like especially like ones like, uh, uh, you know, like you have with like Tarantino, it's like you, you know, you're going in, you know, you're going to talk about this film. So, you, you know, you can be excited about, you know, that and shit. And same thing here. It's like, you know, you're going to talk about horror films. So it's like you can like be excited and like think about that. And it's just like it's nice to be able to just like not have to focus on anything else, but like something you enjoy. But then also chat about it with somebody that's like minded as well. You know what I mean? So, it's yeah, like, yeah. Because uh, even like with mine, you know, sometimes people have different like some people, somebody will come up here and hate on a movie. And I'm like, I like it. But I don't ever let that bother me because I'm just like I, I'm just because i don't want to like not enjoy the conversation you know what i mean yeah, it's like, I what you mean yeah so i don't which i don't ever like like uh like i don't like seeing reviews that are just like nonsense about something like i'd like people to give me like reasons they don't like shit but as far as like people just not liking shit that i like i that never bothers me so it's like uh that's the only good thing that's the one good thing about doing i feel like somebody that did this podcast that i do like might like if they couldn't handle that <laughs> it might be a little hard just because of the fact that it's like sometimes people come up here and just shit like i love rob zombie movies i i turned off the monsters it was not good but i love his other stuff and uh everybody else uh you know but i've had people come up here and be like fuck rob zombie boy i'm just like yeah whatever and like go on to the next you know like <laughs> i don't even like yeah. rush it you know what i mean like i'll just be like oh yeah like i like them but you know you know or like yeah, yeah you give a voice to people's opinion which yeah. is fine i don't expect people to always agree with everything i say about tarantino that's perfectly fine you know what i mean like yeah I don't agree with some people's uh, even uh, conspiracy theories about some of the stuff in the movies. But if, if it's something that gets people they like and they enjoy it, it doesn't bother me. It's not going to change my movie experience. Yeah. If you think if you think what's in the case of Pulp Fiction is Marcellus Wallace's soul, fucking run with it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't believe that. But I, what do I give a shit? You know what I mean? Like, if you enjoy that part of the movie, take it and run with it, man. I, I'm totally happy with it. If like okay. you watch It Follows and you don't think it's about sexual transmitted diseases. Cool. What, what do you think it's about? I don't care. That's cool. Whatever. Whatever yeah. makes you enjoy that movie more, by all means, enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Now, that's a whole other thing to dive down, like, uh, as far as, like, uh, like what, like, I was going to say, like, all art is up for interpretation and pretty much movies are Absolutely. Art, you know what I mean? So, but. And uh, it's up for criticism as well, even if it, even if it hurts our feelings sometimes because yeah. <laughs> we have such love for it. But, you know, it's, it's up for criticism because we also have the ability to criticize things we don't like. So we have to be prepared that someone is going to criticize the stuff we love as well. So you just have to. Just take it on the chin and move on. Yeah. Which is also fun to like, uh, that's why like your other podcast, Cheeky Bastards, it's also fun to like sometimes just be able to get that, <laughs> get that negative shit out. Like sometimes you don't like something, you want to fucking talk about it, you know, and people yeah. don't, don't want to hear <laughs> it sometimes, but you you want to say it. So yeah. there is that chance of being in a vacuum where you can say what the fuck you want, you know, it gets yeah. a retort, but yeah. And Steve and I sometimes see eye to eye, sometimes we don't, you know, what but it you? is, it's about, it's about your argument. It really does come down to, do you have some facts or some basis that I can go, Oh, I never thought of it that way. Or it's just fuck that guy. Fuck this movie. It sucks. Okay, why does it suck? Yeah. Oh, you can't. So you just use hate it to hate it. You don't know why you hate it. Yeah. Well, and then you're a fucking idiot. I'm not going to validate your your critique on it because you haven't given me a critique on it. You know what I mean? If you want to say that Tarantino steals, cool. Do you give me an opportunity to explain why I don't think that's true? And if we don't see eye to eye, cool. But don't just be like I fucking hate Tarantino because he sucks. Yeah. All right. Why? Give me some good stuff. I'll, I'll you know I'm listening to it. At least tell me why. Don't just say fuck that guy. You yeah. know what I mean? It's because you don't like because he's you know famous or popular. That's not a good reason. You know? 
No, I don't like Rob's. I don't, you know, if I don't like Rob Zombie stuff, I'll tell you why I don't like Rob Zombie stuff. I want you to be like, well, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the easiest thing in the world to say is, well, fuck that guy. You know what I mean? I just don't like it. Fuck him. Well, you have to have some reason why you don't like it, you know? So, no, yeah, no. Some people are too, too fucking pains in the ass. Yeah. And there's a lot of times with movies, like when uh, people do hate on them, a lot of times I could see both sides of the argument. Like, I could definitely, like, there's a lot of times I will love a movie, but I'm like immediately like, oh, I could see why people will hate this or like not like it. Um, you know, so it's like immediately when somebody starts hating on it, it's not like even a shock to me because I'm like, oh, you know, I expected that. But it's like, uh, like seeing people hate on Hereditary is when I'm kind of like, you fucking, you're a bozo. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you if you hate on a movie like that, it's just because it scares the fuck out of you, and you just didn't like it. Like it's like when you're like a little kid and you don't like something because it scares you. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, yeah. I don't like that anymore because it scared me. I think that's a lot of what it is because it probably touched the nerve at some point, and they just really aren't. They can't process it, so they're like, "Fuck that movie! I hate it. It's gay. It's stupid." You're like, "Why? What do you mean? What, yeah. What's wrong with it? You know? Oh, it's just stupid. I don't like it. Which is a girl? Well, that doesn't make no sense. You know? <laughs> it's like when it goes over someone's head. You're like, "Were well, you not in the same film I was in? Like, where, where, where did they? it was pretty straightforward. So, yeah. fuck them. No, I'm with you 100. But uh, I do want to mention real quick before we move on to uh, back to Mandy. Just uh, one of my favorite things about that is. Uh, how gut-wrenching the scene is you know for well for one i love the visuals when mandy is uh talking to jeremiah sand and it's like forming their face like i don't know why i covered my mouth with the mic yes but they're like forming their face together and everything like that while they're, he's like giving this monologue and then she like just laughs in his face pretty much that's like that whole trippiness and everything of that scene is just so visually like he could literally be saying baby noises and I would just be so fucking entranced and everything. But of course the monologue helps it and his acting and everything. But, um, but the, uh, the fact that it goes on, you know, uh, spoiler alert for Mandy, but I mean, at this point, I feel like you, if you haven't seen Mandy, you at least know what it's about. So, you know, that there's a point when Mandy dies, you know, I already said spoiler alert. So, uh, when Mandy gets <laughs> killed, uh, and then like red, you know, of course it's like gut wrenching. Everything happens. The bathroom then, scene. The bathroom well, right. meme that only people have seen because it's a meme and never have the context of that unfucking believable performance that he gives in that bathroom. Well, before he even gets to the bathroom, though, the cheddar oh, guy. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that shit, like that, for some reason, the fact that they put that there, you know what I mean? Like in the whole movie, they could have been sitting there watching, you know, there's parts in the movie where they're laying down on bed just talking about, you know, her dad killing fucking fawns and shit like that. And it's like they could have literally done, uh, you know, like them sitting on TV and just showing a wacky cartoon. But yeah. the fact that after he just saw like the most crazy shit in his life happen and then he walks into fucking Cheddar Collin on the TV. Yes. That is one of the best things ever. And then uh, it is. It's the same it, directors it, as too many cooks from Adult Swim and shit. So. It shocks. It shocks you because you've just been through something shocking. And now you walk in and Red is still processing what the fuck just happened. And now there's this unbelievably bizarre 1980s-esque commercial with this horrific, horrific mascot for a new macaroni and cheese type. And it's just, it's so surreal that even when he stops and is watching it, it's almost like he can't comprehend it. We can't comprehend it. And yet it still adds to like the creepiness. Like it really should let the, the viewer know from this moment on, shit is about to go fucking sideways. Yeah. And the Cheddar Goblin's going to be the, the, the more simpler thing you're about to watch. Everything after this is going to go up a hundred and you're just not prepared for it. And then we're all red. We're standing like, the fuck is this? And then he gives that amazing performance. And from that moment on. Yeah. The, the, way, the way that shit's shot with like the set of the bathroom. Mm -hmm. with him just, yeah. That shit. Like uh, you said, that's a, it's a perfect It show. Like now that you mentioned it like that, I, uh, 
that's perfect way to put it. It's like that it shows the tone shift. Like you're in for a ride now. And like mm-hmm. fucking, we're gonna tell you by showing a goblin just puke mac and cheese on the two kids. Mm-hmm. Like fucking mm-hmm. just shower them in mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna reintroduce you to the. Uh, did you ever wonder what happened to the prosthetic uh, penis sword from Seven? Well, well, <laughs> someone bought it in the in the woods of Washington, and guess what? <laughs> they still use it. You know, it's like, but. I think people don't give Nicolas Cage enough credit and that they see it as a meme. But if you watch it with the context, that is a heartbreaking performance. Like oh, we yeah. said about Tony Collette, this performance from him in that moment, uh, just, I mean, he hits every emotional range from just rage and anger to just complete heartbreak. And he just, and he, I mean, fucking hell, man. What? I mean, unbelievable. He's in his underwear. I get why it seems like a meme, but he's in his underwear. He's drinking whiskey or vodka. Like he has lost his fucking mind. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know what the fuck to do. I mean, with your spoiler alert, he just watched his girlfriend, love of his life, burned a fucking live. Yeah. He was tied up to watch her burned alive and then was left there to die. And then he gets himself out of these chains, which had to fucking hurt like crazy. Like, all of this shit has just happened. And this dude has a fucking emotional traumatic breakdown in this bathroom that if you just see it and you only think of Nicolas Cage's these freakouts, it is. I remember the first time seeing it just being like, like even myself getting a little teary, like God damn, like he just—that's how I would feel. You know what I mean? Like I think I, that's how I think I would feel. Had yeah. I've been put in the same position, you know. So, excellent job, and that's why I love the movie. The movie just takes you on this roller coaster ride of, like I said, when you see the Cheddar Goblin kids, <laughs> put on your big boy pants because shit's about to get crazy. Oh yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. I love. uh just like the whole like you said the whole scene is uh just a perfect example of like all the different emotions he's showing but it's one of those few horror movies that could bring a tear to your eye just because of like how much like it shows how much he loves her and the and like the movie's long but it's because it spends time with characters instead of just rushing it and you know um that's one thing i feel like is it's just like a you know like it, again just like a tarantino film it's like you care about these characters when they end up dying not just like uh like yeah it's not like a slasher film where you're like fucking kill them you're you're more like damn it i don't want them to like not this one you know what i mean like kill that guy not this guy so it's, yeah no i really uh enjoyed as well and i forgot that it's called uh it is uh the cult's called children of the new dawn i forgot right. that children they, of the new dawn they have the title right. card and everything i was just thinking about that that's but right no and the black skulls show up too that's fucking that's what they're called the uh the, hell they the, the horn of a practice and they call those motherfuckers in. yeah that shit's fucking and they show up behind the like even when they first show up at his house and that great shot of the the bedroom has all windows surrounding it and then they're on the fucking hill and they lit them from behind with that the magenta and the hopeful oh man yeah and, like, f- and then the, the strobe sacrifice. light as they come in yeah dude, i mean it's fucking fuck shop that's such such a good fucking movie like it goes it's oh man i may watch it tonight like, it's so fucking yeah, good too, yeah god damn it just really is like I might just I might just start from when they burn me or from when they they pick up Mandy. <laughs> so I don't start from the horn of a bracket. That's always where it gets good. The horn, like the horn trumpet's like, hey, some crazy shit's gonna come on, and then the cheddar goblin goes, hold my beer, yeah. <laughs> hold my macaroni and cheese, and shit goes nuts. Yeah, oh, felt, so good. No, that movie's fucking excellent. And Color Out of Space is definitely good, but it's just not. I feel like it's not. It's like an excellent film, and like the colors are beautiful and everything, and I love it. It's just not quite as uh, good as. Oh no! Like like I no, yeah. But he still gives a great performance, and how the craziness happens in that fucking movie too. Yeah, no, that one's fucking excellent. I think before you move on, the only other thing I just thought of because I was thinking of Kurt Russell, and we've been doing movies, but um, Bone Tomahawk. Fuck yes! (laughs) Fucking hell! Wow, what an amazing fucking film! What a fucking crazy ass horror western! Just. Oh, slow burn, but man, when it gets to the end again, whoo, 
What the fuck? That is such a good fucking movie. And that was shot literally in the same year that he did The Hateful Eight. They did that back to back. And yeah. so Russell's got amazing fucking facial hair as like he does in um, The Hateful Eight. So, yeah, un unfucking believable movie, Bone Tomahawk. That is, man, that is not to be missed. That is a fucking great fucking film. Yeah, no, I agree 100. percent I have a uh, huge problem with like falling asleep if I, when I watch movies like like past a certain time of night, and that was one that I started super late and it's super long and everything, and I stayed awake the whole time. I was glued to that thing. Like I just like, uh, and it's you know I've even heard people critique it as like, oh, there's a lot of scenes of like just them in the desert, like you know traveling, and I'm like, yeah, but that dialogue is so fucking interesting. It's like, oh, uh, Rick, yeah. uh like one of the unsung heroes of the film, Richard Jenkins, is so good in the absolutely movie. is, yeah, and uh, which you know go back going back to Dahmer, I think uh, I you know kind of just realized you know because I always think about him as the father from Stepdad, but yeah, he's such a good fucking act, you know, Cabin in the Woods, you know, he was good in that, and just um, he was good in Let Me In. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I he forget, was I forget about that. really good. Yeah. That movie doesn't get enough credit either. Everyone's like, oh, it's not as good as the Swiss one. So, right, maybe not, but it, I still think it was a pretty goddamn good remake. Especially for, for an American remake. I thought it was fucking good. And Richard Jenkins yeah. was amazing in that fucking movie. Well, that's, that's my thing, too, is like you said, it's a it's a remake. And the thing is, is it's the whole point of it was to reach the American audience. And I'm that's one thing I like about it is they didn't change too much at all like there's maybe like one or two scenes different in the whole movie and uh but and that's one thing i like about american remakes because like you got movies like martyrs and inside that are great french extreme films but then when they remade them they dumbed them down because they didn't want them as gory and scary and they ruined them it's like uh one thing about let me in i mean of course there's nothing too graphic in let me in to begin with or let the right one in you know the original yeah but uh it's just one of those things that it's like by doing like Nobody wanted to see a shot for shot psycho because we didn't need that. Like it didn't, you know, you could watch psycho. It's still perfect, but not everybody wants to watch subtitles. Not everybody has this. Honestly, I know some people are like, just don't be lazy. Some people don't have like reading capabilities. Like they can't read that fast. <laughs> true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially with a movie that's dialogue heavy. Um, so it's just one of those things that it's, uh, it's one of those that I, I don't mind American remakes. I just hate when they like take out the best parts and shit like that. So uh, this was one of those remakes that for me, was just like a perfect example of like how to do an Americanized version of a film. Kind of like a, Michael Henneke's uh, Funny Games. I don't know if you ever saw Funny Games. Yes, yes. That's one of my favorites. And I actually love the remake more than the original just because the cast, I feel like, elevates the film. You know, Tim Roth, Naomi Watts. And, and they like stuck to the ending. They stuck the ending. They they didn't, you know, most American audiences wanted to change. Yeah. You know, like one of my favorite movies is Old Boy and the remake in America completely changed the story. And it's not as good, not even close. Yeah. You know, you can't change the story. And uh, yeah, that's, you know, so I I like it when they, they stick the landing and they and they give you they give you the hard the hard truth the, the reality they make it feel more realistic you know I mean the good guy doesn't always win yeah. people don't always get saved bad things happen to people all the time as we're talking bad things are happening to people you know what I mean so yeah. it's just part of reality you know and it feels like a truer story when you can actually when they stick the landing and you go ooh you know what I mean like you go, oh god that really you know yeah so it it lasts in your again it's one of those things it lasts in your mind you remember because it's something you hadn't seen before it's not the same old oh good guy wins or hey the bad guy died but he'll be back for the sequel you know what i mean it's yeah you go, oh shit the good guys aren't no one no one's getting out of this in a happy ending so i like that yeah hell yeah, yeah i agree 100 that's one of those things that it's just like uh 
Um, like if you are going to remake a movie, if you want to change, like I understand sometimes wanting to take changes and stuff like that to like surprise the people that have seen the original. But I feel like when it comes to making a movie that like you said, it's just coming from like another country where it's a different language and stuff like that. It's just makes no sense to change it because of the fact that it's like, you're not, that's not your audience, you know, like you're not trying to surprise the people. But so it's like, uh, you know, the thing is, is you did the surprise right the first time. Like you said, you, you stuck the, you stuck the landing in the end the first time. And that's why people like that movie so much that you felt they needed to show it to another audience so don't change it and ruin it for that audience because like fucking there's no reason like you're pretty much given a movie a b ending because you had it yeah. you, ha you had an a ending and you're giving it your b ending it's like just stay with the a yeah so. if you don't if you don't think that your audience can handle it then don't make it yeah straight up there's no don't make a watered down version what what brought you to get the title to remake it was of what it, the way it came yeah is what you saw don't water it down no one wants to see the watered down fucking version no. Give it to us the way it's supposed to be. That's it. You know, don't don't fuck with it. Don't yeah. don't fuck with our fucking stuff. So uh, at the end of the show, I like to uh, ask, you know, some hypothetical questions. And usually I have a few of them, but I only, you know, came up with one for you because usually, you know, I got them like uh, <laughs> made up for the musicians and shit like that. But uh, so and I kind of, you know, made it specific to, you know, I like to make them specific to my guests and stuff like that. So, um, you know, with you doing the Quentin Tarantino podcast and obviously being a huge fan, of, you know, as am I, uh, what's one of those uh, what's a horror film franchise? Obviously, we all want to see just original films from Tarantino, especially yep. with, you know, his next one being his last of, you know, yep. better quotes. Hopefully not. Um, hopefully, if it's his last, he'll still do Kill Bill three and be like, it's one film. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So yep. like, he'll still hit us with something. But either way, uh if you could see him do a horror franchise or even maybe just adapt something you've always wanted to see adapt. Like, I don't know if you're, you know, a reader or even a video yep. game, you know, Silent Hill, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, what's something that's horror related that you would love to see Quentin Tarantino adapt into film? And, uh, you know, if you want to throw out, you know, just kind of add a second part to the question, uh, who would you want to see star in the film? Oh, this is a great question. Um, Sorry, I should have given you some heads up. I, no, I thought about it like no. earlier today. <laughs> so what I would like to see, and I know I just kind of almost talked trash about the 80s uh, slashers. I would like to see him either, I would like to see him do, because I don't think he would try to retread because he has great reverence for Mr. Carpenter. I don't think he would retread on Halloween. Yeah. I would like to see him redo and do his own version of like Nightmare or Friday the 13th. Okay. I would like to see his version of it because he would take all of the tropes and Jason would be far scarier. Um, we saw what he did with Death Proof. He, it, it was his version of a slasher. Yeah. It would be a smarter. Jason may not be this mute. Jason may actually be more of a Hannibal Lecter type. Like He may be more of a cunning killer and a surprise killer than just a guy in a hockey mask. I'm sure the hockey mask would work, but he would also have a reason for the hockey mask. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't yeah. just be he was drowned or burnt. Like, he would actually have a really good reason for why the mask would be on. I think he would do a great version. I think he would do the original. I think the mother would be the killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think he would, or, or he'd switch it somehow, but, but there would be that surprise, like, oh shit. You know? And if, I mean, if he's, Jesus, who would I like to see do it? Like, I want to say Kurt Russell, but he's older now. So that's like two on the nose. You know who I'd like to see be the killer? And he did a great job in a funny killer movie in Freaky. But since we were talking about, um, uh, Bone Tomahawk and he was in another, I forget the, the gentleman's name, I think the, it's like something with a Z last name of this director. Yeah, he was uh, S. In, Craig Zoller. Yes, S. Craig Zoller. He was in Zoller's film. Um, I'm talking of uh, uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99. I would love to see Vince Vaughn Fuck play yeah. it. Because, but Vince Vaughn as Cell Block 99. Guy, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we talk, like 
because he was freaky. It was funny and freaky. He was play- I don't know if you saw that. It was a funny twist on the Freaky Friday, Friday the 13th mashup where this guy, who is a killer, ends up becoming a 17-year-old cheerleader. Like It was funny. Like There was a funny little twist to it. Yeah, you but, had uh, Ferris Bueller's buddy in it. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but if anyone has seen Brawl in Cellbuck 99 knows how imposing, how vicious Vince Vaughn really can be. You forget how tall and big of a man he is until you see this movie. Yeah. I think he would be a great, I think he would be great as the Tarantino's version of uh, a slasher film. I think, you know, I think it'd be brutal. I would like it be almost more of an escape, like asylum person. And he doesn't have supernatural powers. He's just fucking a giant man. Yeah. And not, you know, not fucking literally like he's giant. He's fucking giant. You know, I sound like I was saying he's fucking a big man. Um, He's just this big fucking behemoth of a guy. And he just fucking waylays people because, have you seen Brawl on Starbuck 99? Yes. <laughs> wow. That fucking stomp. Wow. Yeah. What a what a fucking what a fucking violent movie. And man, Vince Vaughn is just imposing and scary as fuck in that film. You're just like, God damn. Because yeah. we always know Vince Vaughn is like, oh, he's a funny guy. You know what I mean? But you forget he's like six, 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 seven. Yeah. He's like 300 pounds. Like he put on muscle for the he's just like fucking. You almost go, did he really hit these people in the movie? Because he's just so big. His hands are so huge. Like, it'd even be cool if all he does is beat people to death with his hands. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it'd be almost kind of a cool twist on it. And that's what Tarantino would do anyways. He would twist it. But I'd like to see him make that kind of a movie, a slasher. Maybe redo a Jason and have Vince Vaughn in his uh, in his best brawl in Cellback 99 form be oh, the fucking killer. It would be fucking awesome. Oh, and yeah. he would do such a good job with it, too. Like, I have no doubt it would be fucking phenomenal. Yeah. He's never steered me wrong. Every time I hear, oh, he's doing this. I go, okay. I go, and go, yep, nope, he's got it. What was I What was I even, what was I even worried about? I knew he was going to knock it out of the park. You know what I mean? So I know it's a little biased, but honestly, I've not been disappointed by any genre he's attempted. So why would he fuck this one up? No, I agree 100%. I know, of course, people like that are like adamant fans of the franchise are always going to hate on something that comes out new about it. But, you know, of course, this is a hypothetical question. So it's one of those things that's like, you know, none of us want to see Tarantino do a Friday 13th movie. But if he did it, yeah, like it would be fucking great. And I, uh, yeah, I would just say have your fans. If you see Cellbuck 99 and you see Vince Vaughn, now imagine him as Jason. You, yeah. I think you would like come on board a little bit. You know what I mean? I think you'd be like, yeah, like he feels real. Yeah. He would be that tangible character. Where, like he's real. Like he's out there. He's not just some myth. He's out there. It's a real person. And like, how do you st- like, he's fucking enormous. He's monstrous. He fucking yeah. waylays everything in that movie. Like, you know, like, and Vince Vaughn has that, had that imposing look on himself. So. And with the length so- of uh, Tarantino's films, he could always pull like a, like kind of like death proof where it's like first half, second half. And you can have like the first half be mostly yeah. the mom, you know what I mean? And uh, I think Jennifer Jason Lee would actually do a great fucking uh, she would. Uh, Pamela she Voorhees. Would. And then, you know, like you could have that. And then like the second half be, you know, like Jason, like older and like why, you know, why he's the way he is. Yeah. Or you can do like a, per- I, I think, you know, in Tarantino fashion, you show the second half first and then you yes. go back in the second, you know, and then, you know, that way it comes. And then at the very end, you get the climax of the first half type deal. Yeah. But uh, uh, no, I think that would be excellent. I would even just like to see Vince Vaughn kind of do like a Henry portrait of a serial killer. Have you ever seen that? Or yeah, uh, yeah. Like the House of Jack Bill. I don't, if you've never seen the House of Jack Bill, I highly recommend that one because uh, have you seen that one? I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one's uh, fucking excellent. So um, no, that's probably my favorite Matt Dillon film, of course. You know, like oh, he's great. Yeah. Stuff, but uh, no, it's just fucking you know the ending gets a little bit you know out there as far as you know like uh it gts into like artsy stuff but yeah. up until that point it's just like a straight brutal realistic just 
guy being like he beats her like he beats Uma Thurman with a fucking uh spoiler alert but it happens like <laughs> early in the happens of the trailer so uh but he hits her in the fucking head with a car jack I'm like something like that's just so brutal and real yeah. that um I, that's the kind of shit I can see Quentin Tarantino having Jason do like literally mm-hmm. like beating somebody to death with just a metal pole well, and he would so turn cool. Jason into a revengeful character and we would we would see Jason more in a different light even if his mom was the piece of shit that trained turned him into it we would have that feeling of like are we supposed to be rooting for him or not you know what i mean like you would have that feeling of like oh shit we're actually rooting for this guy you yeah. know what i mean like he like so again i would I mean, he's gonna do something else but that would be cool i would be all on board to, to fucking see that fuck yeah no vince vaughn's one that i would just love to see in a fucking tarantino movie in general just to see him do yeah. something you know uh I know you ask your guests all the time, you know, like that question stuff. My answer for the longest time when I heard your show, a show was Brendan Fraser, but now he's having this Renaissance. So I'm like, <laughs> but he was already kind of on his way back because of, uh, you know, like he was going to be in Batgirl that got canceled or whatever, but then he, yeah. was, he was already on like Doom Patrol and he's been in some yep. other stuff. So he was already on his way back. It was just, uh, of course, the whale is going to be like his big. You know, yeah. Real return. Yeah. Back. He looks, he looks good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that too. Yeah. But, uh, Oh, yeah. So uh, pretty much my final question that I like to ask all my guests is, uh, you know, do you have a horror story of your own? And, you know, it could be from just something that was scary as shit that happened to you in your personal life. Or if you believe in the paranormal, you can share that kind of story as well. So I don't know if it's a horror story, but I, I have I have this very fucking freaky thing that happened to me. And I was in Iraq and I got to watch the ring for the first time. Oh, shit. And I'm watching the ring. And as the movie's ending, the DVD player it's on freezes. Like it freezes on the ring. Like it it just froze. Like it would not, like it would not even, like I had to take the batteries out to unpower this thing. Yeah. So for the longest time, I was like, it's it's irrational. But I thought, am I going to fucking die now in Iraq because if I fucking was a dumbass and watched the fucking ring here? You know what I mean? Like I was just like, it's the weirdest thing that's ever happened. Like I've never had it happen in any other circumstance. The DVD player never froze like that again in any other fucking movie. And I have not watched the ring again since I will not watch the ring anymore because of that fucking moment, because I am not fucking playing with fucking fate. Right? I'm not getting <laughs> phone calls. I'm not playing with fate, but it was the weirdest fucking thing. And that was another good movie. Actually. I, I know a lot of people shit on it, but there's a lot of creepy images in that. There was a lot of fucking, it was fucking with your mind. But when that fucking thing froze on me. Yeah. And I was like, all right. I, at first, I thought someone paused it. I, that was funny. And I'm hitting play. I'm hitting forward. I'm hitting back. I'm hitting power. Nothing. Like, I can't even get the disc thing to open up. I almost broke the fucking thing. I was like, rip out the batteries, and it finally powered off. And I was like, threw it out my bed. I was like, I'm fucking done with this thing. I'm not, never again. I'm not fucking watching the ring. I gave it back to the person who let me see it. I was like, fuck you and your ring. I'm never watching it again. Fuck this movie. <laughs> and I had to go take like a shower. So I had to walk out in the desert in the dark to this little shower thing they had. And the whole time I'm out there, like, I'm literally looking around you know like i'm i'm looking around i'm petrified that something's gonna fucking happen it's such an irrational moment in my mind i was more afraid of some supernatural thing than i was of being in war you know that's the yeah. that's the level that that movie got me in because i got so sucked into the story and how fucked up it was and all of a sudden i'm like this motherfucker just froze on me while looking down the fucking well i'm like this can't be good like this this has got to be a fucking omen like i got i'm gonna fucking die so <laughs> it was 20 some years ago and i'll never watch that fucking movie ever again so fuck the ring God. and that DVD player for freezing on me. No, I don't believe that shit would scare the fucking shit out of me, too. That's one of those movies that it's just uh, I remember when the DVD ends, if I'm not mistaken, when it ends, it just like it has a ring play at the very end, like a telephone, you know, nope. like a, like so it kind of sounds like a phone. But that shit would uh, so like that shit's scary enough. But fucking 
I could just imagine being out there in the like, not, I mean, I can't really imagine being out there, you know, I've never really been into something like that, but like, uh, you know, when you're out there just the middle of the desert and stuff, like, uh, you know, I'm sure it's not quiet, but it's just like any little noise you hear. It's you're pitch like, black at night though. So there's like, there's, yeah. you know, there's no light. It's just when it's, you know, when it's sunny, it's bright. And when it's dark, it's fucking dark. Yeah. And so you, you watching that in the middle of the night and it fucking freezes on you. You're like, Fuck this whole place. Fuck this movie. Fuck this war. Fuck this shit. I'm out of here. So yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't recommend watching the ring on a shitty Blu-ray player that or a <laughs> shitty DVD player that's gonna slightly fucking freeze on you for no fucking reason. Hopefully uh nobody's gets stuck with that circumstance uh anytime soon, that's for sure. Fucking especially if you're still watching the ring on a portable DVD player from a <laughs> <laughs> DVD. No, that shit's fucking crazy, but uh, that would have scared the fuck out of me, too. I would have been thinking everything I hear is either a phone ringing or a white noise, and I'd be like, <laughs> or every time I blink, you know, that's the one thing is your eyes, is, like, get stuck. Like, when you, like, stare at something for a long time, it, like, gets stuck. So yep. I'd be scared, like, as soon as I close the bitch that I'd be blinking and seeing the ring. And like, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, my dumb ass sat there for, like, two, three minutes before I realized it froze. Like, I thought, oh, I'm like, why is this still, like, why is this movie still doing this? Like, why are we, like, this is a long take. Yeah, you're like, like I get it. <laughs> I'm sitting there waiting for like a jump scare, and then also I realized like I don't think this thing's moving anymore. I'm trying to hit pause. I'm hitting stop. I'm hitting everything. Nothing. Had to rip the batteries out to take fuck that fucking thing to stop. I was like, fuck this. Thing. <laughs> Damn, the ring is truly cursed. But... <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you for I coming on the show. You having me you on. Want, you want to remind people, uh, you know, like when the new episodes drop for Church of Tarantino and uh, uh, Cheeky Bastards podcast. Absolutely, the episodes for the Church of Tarantino. We do a every month. I at the beginning of the month, I have the we're going through all 12 of his films. So we're almost done. So the, by the time you listen to this, the 11th episode will be out, which is for the hateful eight in right. the beginning of December. We're doing once upon a time. And then every second Friday or third Friday of that month, I do what's called the Bible study, which is where I will dive into a scene from the movie with another special guest. And we will really uh, go through, we really like, you know, break it down. I'll give up special facts about the stuff, about how the thing was made, different things about it. And then for Cheeky Bastards, usually the first Tuesday of every month, uh, myself and Steve, we take a shit on something that we think most people are going to take offense to. And it's not because we're being cheeky, as we say. It's, it's what we, you know, it's our it's our opinion. And we we put it out there. But we usually try to have uh, some backing behind it. Not just like I said to you earlier, fuck Rob Zombie kind of thing. It's We yeah. say why we hate Rob Zombie in his movies. And we give you some good reasons why we believe the things we believe. Not just like, hey. We feel this way. You go fuck yourself kind of thing. So, but yeah. it is a lot of fun and, you know, it will chase some people's asses. I'm sure some people will disagree with us, but if you listen to this one in November, I'm taking a big old shit on the fucking movie Avatar and how much I hate that and James Cameron. So, hell yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. No, I'll definitely uh, check that one out for sure. I'm not, I'm one of those people that I got roped into seeing Avatar with a buddy back in the day and he's like, let's see it in 3D. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, that was an enjoyable experience. But the fact that, like, they've hyped it up to be like this, yep. like, we need sequels. It's been 10 years and we're getting four. I'm like, who gives a shit at this fucking point? Like, yeah. Uh, and of course, save your opinions for your episode. Of course, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, and, and Steve takes a shit on. He says that uh, the Crystal Skull of Indiana Jones is the best sequel. So that I was like, all right, Steve, this is going to be an episode that's really going to piss some people <laughs> off. <laughs> so, all right, Steve. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. I low-key enjoy that film, but I definitely won't say it's the best sequel, but I could see where, uh, yeah, but no, that's definitely a fun one for when this, you said this comes out in November. So probably the week or two after the year, this comes out the third week of November, right around probably the Friday of Thanksgiving or right before Thanksgiving, you're on the special, um, the 15th anniversary special episode of death proof. You're one oh, of yeah. my guests, my panel guests. So 
that would that's a great episode. So I hope everyone checks in and listens to that. And then there's the synergy. We somehow we made it happen in November, which we never thought we we never knew was going to be the plan. Anyways. Right. <laughs> now we both thought October, and then both of us like kind of pushed back. To November. <laughs> but yep. No, it works perfect. So, but no, thank you so much for having me on your show. That was fun as shit. And I can't wait to oh, hear it. It's my it, pleasure. But yeah, when yeah. we get to season two, I'll have you on because you're a big music fan. So season two is going to be called Under the Influence. Yeah. I'm going to go through all the films that influenced all the nine films of his. And then our Bible studies will be looking at each of the soundtracks, really going through the soundtracks and talking about the soundtracks. Because okay. I think all of them, and I'm talking about all of them. Like, I think even the ones that he's not associated with that he wrote the movies to, I think all the soundtracks to the three films that he wrote and didn't direct are fucking fantastic as well. So I think there's a lot of good stuff on both true romance, natural one killers and the from dust of dawn soundtrack. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I'm definitely uh, down to be on whatever, you know, of course I, I love from dust of dawn and death proof. So if you want me for either of those, cause you know, it'll be a horror podcast. I'm definitely down. Yeah, I know, but Oh yeah. Well, I appreciate you, man. And thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll definitely appreciate have to do me. this again. So I might uh, try to do a panel or something, you know, I was thinking about doing a creep show panel in November, but I'm just like, uh, I don't want to just get, I don't want to put that I on myself you. right now. So, but uh, my think- wife and I were just talking about creep show two the other day. I, that's oh, the yeah. one I remember the most. And she was like, do you remember that movie where there's the black blob in the water and the girl gets her face pulled? I'm like, yeah, that's the same one where like, uh, the, the she hits the, the guy and drives home and he keeps following her. She thinks he's dead. And yeah. we we're like, what was that? We looked up creep show too. I mean, I remember that movie. Like it was yesterday. I saw oh, that yeah. when I was way too young. I should not have seen that movie the year <laughs> when I did. No, I actually just rewatched that again the other day as like part of, you know, the 31 Nights of Halloween or whatever, just because it's uh, creep show. I've seen like I grew up on creep show. I watched the fucking shit out of the first one. Like I still have the same DVD I've had since I was a kid. And um, uh, but creep show, too, is what I didn't watch until like for the first time. until maybe within like the last decade. I mean, of course, I've seen it a few times now, but uh, so I try to revisit that one a little bit more. And I was like, well, creep show hits 40 years next month. So I'm definitely going to watch it for the 40th anniversary. So I was like, let me watch creep show, too, for like about 31 days or whatever. And uh, so I was like, it, it's such a blast. That's one that I love revisiting. And I'm, I always forget how good of a sequel it is. You know, I mean, of course, it's not like, yeah, there's nothing that has to do. It's an anthology, but it's still just and everyone like, forgets is Stephen King. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize it's Stephen King. Like he's I mean, the man's the man's phenomenal writing. I mean, yeah, he has some duds, of course, but a lot of the stuff he's written, you're like, God damn, this dude has pumped out a lot of shit in the last last couple of decades. It's pretty, pretty yeah. impressive. No doubt for sure. Since the fucking pretty much 60s he's, or late 60s, you know, 70s, he's been just fucking murdering shit from carry on. You know what I mean? Yeah. But oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you, man. And uh, thank you so thanks, much. Man. Enjoy the rest of your night. Appreciate it, you too. Later, man. Bye. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as we'll be finishing up podcast guest month with the one and only return of the Neon Brainiacs. Now, if you follow the Neon Brainiacs, you know that originally it was Ben and Greg. And in the past year and some change, they added Lance to the show. And in the past on my show, Ben has been on twice, once with Greg and once with Lance. And I'm super stoked that this is the first time I'll have all three on the show. And we're going to be chatting about the entire decade of the 90s and all of our favorite horror movies from then, as well as some of the ones that we found a little bit underrated as well. So make sure you check back next week for that. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all updates on the podcast. Don't forget to go check out the 15th anniversary panel over on the Church of Tarantino podcast for the underrated Death Proof. I'd also like to quickly correct something I said wrong in the episode. With the release of Halloween Ends, that puts that franchise at 13 movies, while Friday the 13th still sits at 12. So hopefully that franchise will hit its 13th soon, but we'll see. And last but not least, don't forget that you can sign up for the Trash Mouth Horror Club for only $2 a month over on Patreon. The link for that is in the description. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and stay safe.